In his seminal works above, Stephen Covey took Dwight Eisenhower's matrix concept of time management as he struggled to make world-shaping decisions as Supreme Commander of the Allied Forces in World War II and then as the 34th President of the United States. Covey popularized this concept as the four quadrants, which used the matrices of urgency and importance uh, through which we can filter all of our priorities and how we organize and manage our time and where we place our focus. So here you see an example taken from my own quadrants notebook for this year. You see the quadrant one is both urgent and important. This might be an acute illness or acute symptom, a crucial deadline, unexpected family emergency. Items in quadrant one press on us, but they're important. It's both urgent and important. Then below you have quadrant three. These things are urgent, but not important. Let's say that this is most of the notifications on our smartphone, most of the emails that beg for our attention from someone who wants our money. Uh, it often holds other people's priorities for our time. If you're someone who can't say no to others' expectations of you, you spend a lot of time in quadrant three, and then you resent them for it, or you resent yourself for letting them take your time. You see, these quadrants help clarify if you're actually living your own life or if you're being lived by others. Many amusements and time stealers go into quadrant three or even quadrant four, which is neither urgent nor important. This is the scary quadrant because a lot of us spend time there. It holds things that are wasteful and destructive like mindless television, overeating, gossip, or bad habits. Ah, but then, quadrant two. It's important but not urgent. It doesn't press on us. We have to act upon it. Folks, this is where growth, investment, education, self-improvement, and a transformed life occur. Our relationships that require nurturing the most and the enduring things of life go into quadrant two, as does our health. A side note, 95% of Twitter, Facebook, and notifications on your phone fall into quadrants three, if not four. So solution number five, confess the fact that your priorities and how you spend your time may have shown a lack of integrity in certain areas, and then recommit to your non-negotiable priorities. Learn to say no to things that aren't your responsibility, that are the responsibility of others, or life's priorities that belong to others, not yourself. Then schedule your priorities and your non-negotiables. So you may say, okay, Doc, fine. How do we learn what we must say no to? Well, most of the great researchers and efficiency experts in history that deal with effectiveness teach that before you can make time to, for your big yes, you've got to learn to say no to the things that take and steal our energy, and you've got to leave aside and put away those time stealers and time wasters. Now, we know that quadrant one emergencies uh, and urgencies are always going to be there, and, and that's a lot of life. Uh, we understand that there are things every day that take a hefty piece of our time and energy, and we must do them. But then what do we do with that three to five hours a day over which we have a choice, in which we either exercise the discipline of doing the right things or the undiscipline of doing the easy and the comfortable? That's going to make the difference in the end. That's going to make the difference if we have a great life, a commonplace life, or an extraordinary life. The great minister Adrian Rogers stated, Many times what we need isn't a to-do list, it's a stop-doing list. To be a powerful person, you must narrow your interest. Concentration is the key to power. And all of us know this if we've ever taken out a magnifying glass 
and focus the sun's rays on a leaf on the ground. So, to what do we learn to say no? With the big rocks and the four quadrants illustrations in hand, and understanding how to begin to organize your time and resources around priorities and roles, let's think about how to decide and begin to pare down about those things to which we commit our time against our own principles and beliefs. So the question might arise in your mind, so Doc, what am I supposed to be doing? Most of us know innately, but it's not an unreasonable question. I'll ask you a series of questions now. For what are you responsible? What is in your control? Just as importantly, what is outside of your control, influence, and responsibility? And what should these actions that you are deciding to do now focus upon? I want to illustrate this with a concept called the two circles, the circle of concern and the circle of influence. This concept is so powerful that it is the basis of my second book that I've begun called Extremities to be ready for publication in spring of 2021 or the summer. The concept is taken from the principles of the Covey Leadership Institute. The first circle is that of worry or concern. Now, these are things that are outside our control that we consider, that we fret about, that we think about, to which we give our mental energies. Then we have the circle of control or influence. Now, the circles can grow larger or smaller depending upon our focus, attitude, and actions. We all want our sphere of concern and our sphere of influence to be equal or really close together and balanced. And we need them to be in scope close to one another so that we're placing our energies where we have influence. We want to place our thoughts and our concerns where we can control things and where we can make a difference. But sadly, far too many will have a much larger volume in their circle of concern and allowing their circle of influence to decrease in atrophy. Sadder still for many retirees, their circle of influence is much greater than their concerns, which have contracted down sadly into selfishness and wastes of time, such as little coffee clatches or going to the club or staying on the golf course all day or just mindless chatter or hobbies that are just pleasures that really won't make a difference a hundred years from now. Now, to the contrary, I have two dear men in my life in their 70s that I can see personal mentors that are still growing, still involved, still influencing others with great, vast realms of service. You can all think of ladies in your lives that are brimming with vitality and love and service that are impacting vast numbers of people because they intentionally focus on their circle of influence rather than the circles outside of their control. The men that I talked about have a growing legacy. They're blessing me personally. And you ladies in the audience can take the opportunity to become that kind of person as well. So what's outside of your circle of influence? Others' opinions, others' attitudes, others' expectations, Washington, D.C., the weather, co-workers' behaviors and attitudes, terrorism, natural disasters, the economy, and the media. Now, think of what is in the circle of influence for each of us. What we read, our habits, our daily bedtime, when we wake up, our exercise, what we choose to learn, our attitude, our choices, our thoughts, and the words we speak. I would add, as you consider this weighty subject and matter, that it's time for many of us to forsake the idea that they are determined by their circumstances. 
Based on the circles and conscience, you know that you are responsible. But think about how many people uh, live their lives in a different way. Think about how most people think, how many people talk about especially the issues of life that are important. You have those who are determined, and by determined, I don't mean determined like willing and, and having a strong willpower. I mean the victimized sense. Determined people say things like this. Well, that's just the way I am. They make me so mad. I just don't have time. If only my spouse were, I have to do it. Another word for determined people is irresponsible. People that are determined and irresponsible make statements like this. Well, I'd be happy if I just had, if only I had a better boss, if I just had my degree, if I only had more time. Disciplined people think and act differently. People that are responsible say, I can change if needed. I control my own feelings. I choose how I spend my time. I can't control my spouse, only myself. I will choose my response to this situation. So another word for disciplined people is what? Responsible people. Most of the successful, centered, and calm people that I've come in contact with in my life live in the circle of influence. Their words, on the contrary to those who are determined and irresponsible, sound more like this. I can be more patient if I choose. I can become more loving. I can become more disciplined. I have 24 hours in a day just like everyone else does. Irresponsible people that live in the circle of concern focus on their circumstances and things that are out there. They blame and scapegoat. Responsible people live in the circle of influence and focus on choices that they make inside themselves. Like, I can become content. I can be a great employee. I can become disciplined. I can be more responsible with that 24 hours a day that I have, like everyone else. I can be thankful for what I have. Responsible people focus on what they can become. Irresponsible people focus on what they have. I recently read an article by Jackie Cheney in World Magazine that specifically addressed this in discussing the current riots and protests and COVID issues and the hyper-partisanship in the politics of our day. She said, when we won't deal with the wrongs in our own lives, we try to look outside ourselves for the enemy. And you, many of you have heard the quote that Pogo is famous for, we have met the enemy and he is us. One of my favorite quotes about control and influence is from the great UCLA basketball coach of the 1960s and 70s, John Wooden. He said in his TED Talk in 2009, never try to be better than someone else. Try to be the best that you can be. If you get too concerned over the things over which you have no control, it will adversely affect the things over which you do have control. That's amazing. That's how we need to live, and that's how I want to live more day by day. So the issue of action, influence, and responsibility are well illustrated by Ben Stein, who was one of uh, President Nixon's speechwriters. He was also a Hollywood actor, a political commentator, and a best-selling author. This list comes from excerpts from his book, How to Ruin Your Life. Now, there's 51 ways, but I just took some excerpts. Number 26, use drugs and alcohol freely. Number 25, don't save any money. Number 24, have no respect for age or experience. 19, don't clean up after yourself. 13, gamble with money. One of my favorites, number 10, live as if truth is relative, a distant relative. Number six, know that you are the source of all wisdom. Number three, never accept responsibility for anything that goes wrong. And number one, don't learn any self-discipline. Those were ways to ruin your life from Ben Stein. So, solution six, 
Take responsibility for what you're responsible for and don't waste time on things that you can't change, affect, or that someone else should do. But mostly make the commitment to take responsibility 